Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of Kitchen Club is kindly sponsored by Exhale Coffee, the first speciality coffee in the UK to be sourced and roasted for health. We're very excited by this coffee and all the research into it showing that just one cup of Exhale Coffee has been tested to have the same antioxidant power of 12 punnets of blueberries, 55 oranges or 1.2 kilograms of kale. That is pretty amazing. Exhale's unique process is designed to lock in the natural plant chemicals and involves nine different tests at independent laboratories across Europe. Amazingly, it is free from any nasties that you might find in other coffees, including mycotoxins, pesticides, toxins, and heavy metals. Plus, if you're a decaf drinker, you'll be pleased to know that it's the same as the regular coffee, but has been decaffeinated using the chemical-free mountain water process, which uses only the purest spring water. The magic is all in the sourcing and roasting of this coffee to bring out more of coffee's healthy compounds. It's also absolutely delicious and tastes just as good as other speciality grade coffee. So if you would like to try Exhale Coffee, you can use code CLUB40 for 40% off your first bag in a subscription plus free delivery. So head to www.exhalecoffee.com to find out more and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Kitchen Club with me, Serena Loud, and my fabulous friend, Sarah Malcolm. For anyone new around here, Kitchen Club is the weekly podcast that brings you conversations from the kitchen table. Each week we have a brilliant new guest, a new area of expertise, and a new recipe which we create using our guests' three favourite ingredients. Today's guest is Susie Smith. Susie is a hand-poked tattoo artist and founder of Tricona Space, a holistic tattoo studio in Hackney. As a yoga and meditation teacher, Susie naturally weaves her knowledge and care for the physical, energetic, and esoteric being into her work. We speak to Susie about the nature of hand-poked tattooing, the meaning and intention behind her designs, and how she uses tarot for insight and guidance in her life. This is such a fascinating conversation and we are huge, huge fans of Susie's healthy habits. So keep listening to find out what that is. Here is our lovely friend, Susie Smith on Kitchen Club. Hello and welcome, Susie. Thank you so much for coming on Kitchen Club. 
Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. How are you today, my love? Good, good. As we've just been chatting about, I'm in my happy place. Which is where for the listeners? In Wales, in, um, in the middle of Wales, uh, just north of Brecon, at my boyfriend's place. Beautiful. Susie just took us on a little tour of, well, a little um, view before we started recording listeners and she showed us her beautiful view and wow, do we wish we were there. It looks (laughs) like heaven. I think we all just need as much nature as we can, don't we? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Susie, shall we start off by talking about your three ingredients that you gave us? And I have to say... Your three ingredients were probably <laughs> probably the, wor- the worst we've ever got. Not in the terms of, like, how dare you. But Serena said what they were, and I thought, gosh, what the hell are we going to make with those ingredients? <laughs> um, but we have made something extra special. So please, can you tell us what your three ingredients were? That's so funny. Um, yeah, so I think one of them was um, spelt flour, because during lockdown, um, I got into making homemade pasta. Um, I was making homemade spelt pasta, but just ended up with like a, a, a half-used bag of flour all the time. So I thought, that's one handy thing. <laughs> and I know how amazing you guys are with food, and I've experienced Serena's cooking. So I was like, I want Serena to make something delicious out of this. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all purely selfish. So good. Um, and And frozen peas, because I've always got them in the freezer and... The dog likes eating them straight out the freezer as well. <laughs> um, so they're a favourite. And coriander, because I'm always making, like dal is quite a, a regular meal for us. And we always end up with a mouldy half bag of, of coriander. So I thought that's another good handy thing <laughs> you can show me how to use. <laughs> so you've done this really strategically. You've basically thought, what do I need to, what do I need to use up? And I'll let the girls create for me which is I don't think anyone's done that before on the podcast so good strategy Susie (laughs) and yeah when Serena said the ingredients I thought oh my gosh no idea no idea and then I was reminded by um Serena makes the most beautiful tarts ever and when Serena was cooking on a retreat we were doing and she made these tarts and I thought, Serena, you have to make a tart. And then Serena came up with, for you, an easier tart recipe, which is, Serena? Well, it's actually a galette, not a tart, which is great because it means you don't have to have a, um, like a tart tin. But we did you a summer, I haven't, we haven't named it very sexily, summer veg spelt galette. But basically Ooh. it's got loads of ricotta and lemon zest and basil and coriander ribbons of courgette toasted pine nuts and the pastry is made of spelt flour so that's your spelt flour although since we said spelt flour is a tricky one I keep thinking of things that we could have done for you we could have done like some some dim sum we could have done some gnocchi I keep thinking of things now which is typical but it's so handy isn't it the top was very good Whenever you've got flour in the cupboard, you can you can make pancakes. Like it's a handy mm. ingredient. My boyfriend is going to be so excited that you've made a galette. By the way, that's like very good news for him. Why does he love them? Yes, yeah. <laughs> and it is actually equally nice cold as when it's hot yeah. and fresh, which is always good to know. So you've got something in the fridge. Amazing. Well, you know, I picked these ingredients so that you could come up with something that I can actually cook at home. So you know, I will be doing this. <laughs> 
We can't wait to hear what you think. Um, So, Susie, let's start with tattooing, because we'll obviously ask you a lot more questions about what you do and things. But most people who are listening will first have come across you as a yoga teacher. And so it'd be really nice to hear just briefly how you got to where you are today. What kind of kickstarted that transition from being a yoga teacher to being a tattoo artist? Um, because I think I'm right in saying it was never really your intention. It was never really your your main goal, was it, to be a tattoo artist? No, I never had, I never dreamt that I would end up being a tattoo artist. I think if I, if you told me when I was, I don't know, 18, that I was going to be a tattoo artist, I'd have been like, oh my God, that's amazing. But <laughs> I don't think I could have seen how it would actually happen. Um yeah, there's a there's a very long version of this story and then there's like a more normal like short version so I'll try not to ramble too much. Um so I became a yoga teacher when I did my teacher training in South America in oh how, how long 6 6 years ago. And I think like a lot of people the thing that led me to become a yoga teacher is I was working in an office job and I'd kind of lost a bit of a sense of myself I think by just sitting at a desk all day like so many people find find happens to them and when I was younger people always ask this like were you arty when you were younger and when I was when I was a kid I was like the arty kid and I think that was like a huge part of my personality and at school I loved art and I loved painting and it was like it was like who I was you know I was I was the arty kid and used to sky PE all the time and just like run off to the art block and paint all day (laughs) and um I think I, through my 20s, just doing a lot of adulting, I kind of lost that. And finding a yoga practice when I was like a bit sort of sedentary and stuck up in an office job, not really knowing how I got there, um, it kind of brought me back to myself a bit more. And as I travelled, I started like, after my yoga teacher training, I travelled around South America and started drawing mandalas and started, I drew started drawing all the chakras. So there was like a huge bit of inspiration that came from, the imagery and the beauty of you know Indian culture and philosophy as well and and then came back from traveling and was teaching yoga and suddenly had this much more free much more fluid life and I think when you like lots of people find when you start to give yourself that bit more freedom lots of other things pour into your life that you're like oh I forgot about this part of myself and I forgot about this part of myself um so yeah the year after the my first year of teaching um I think it was like around about four years ago now I bought one of these hand poke tattoo kits because I wanted to do some tattoos for myself and I was like this will be this will be fun like you know let's just um have a play with this kit and honestly from the first I just on a Friday night with a glass of wine was just like right let's do this then and tattooed a little constellation of Taurus which is my star sign on my ankle and I remember as I did it I was just like this is the easiest thing I've ever done and so much fun and it doesn't even hurt and like I've always loved tattoos since I was a kid. So I was like, why, why have I not been doing this the whole time? I can do whatever I like. Um, and then because I'd, like you said, I've been teaching yoga um, by then for about, I don't know, eight months in London or something, but a couple of years, like including traveling. And, um, and so I had a, quite a few sort of yoga students, yoga friends, yoga teachers was my whole world. And everyone was just like, I'll have a tattoo. I'll have a tattoo. I'll have one so it wasn't my job or anything like that but suddenly everyone was asking me for tattoos and I was like you're all mad like I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> um but 
honestly, everyone was just so amazing and just so, and all the, you know, we had very similar ideas and symbols came into it. Lots of element symbols, astrology, um, the lotus symbol, you know, all of those kind of things I was totally on board with. Um, and I think people quite liked that they could come to me and tell me about their ideas that were quite intentional and quite meaningful and spiritual and not feel like I felt through my 20s going to tattoo studios and being like, um, can I just, uh, please, can I just have this little lotus? Is that okay? You know, it was like suddenly people could come to me and actually we'd have a really good time and we'd have a chat and they'd come to my bedroom, which you're not really meant to do. Um, <laughs> not really meant to tattoo in your bedroom. Um, but yeah, it was just really, really fun. And I did that did that for a year or so, just for friends, like just having a good time. And just bit by bit, it was then like friends of friends and friends of friends and friends of friends. And then obviously, you know, Instagram is a thing as well. So people were started to find me through Instagram. And then within a year or 18 months, I was, I was like, well, this is becoming a thing now. So I had to teach a bit less yoga, did more tattooing, less yoga, more tattooing until I opened my own studio. And now it's I don't teach yoga anymore and um, tattooing is my is my practice now. It's my equivalent. Yeah. And you're waitlisted for months and months because you're so popular. And it's so cool to have seen because I was one of your bedroom tattoos back in the day. <laughs> um, so it's amazing, like having now come to see your studio and you've got the most beautiful little space in Hackney. It's really, really cool to see how much it's grown and and picked up momentum. It's crazy. It is it is really mad sometimes when I think about it I'm like what's just happened in the last four years um but I think when I was when I was tattooing people you know in their in their at house parties and stuff and in in my in my in my bedroom I was like there should be this amazing studio that's like this beautiful safe space like where you'd go to have a therapy or where you'd go to have a Reiki treatment that this is the same thing because I found when people were having tattoos, we'd have these like really beautiful deep chats or we'd have this really like lovely, silent, calm time because obviously I, I tattoo without a machine, just hand poke, which is more close to like the original traditional way of tattooing. And, and because it's quiet and so intimate in that way, it does feel like a lot more special. So something a bit more special happens. Mm. And yeah, doing it in a loud, aggressive, quite masculine studio just is just so jarring it's just not yeah and for some people you know that might be the first time they've lay down all week or in their day and had some like time to really just digest and that coming to you as you said like that is is your yoga practice that might also be that space for them to to do just that and like calm down tune in and have a little like quiet Mm. time how lovely massively it's so interesting because it's it is the whole like that moment when you actually lie down to have the tattoo for a lot of people it's like the moment of like relief as well because you've been thinking about it and planning it and there's all all this build up to it and then it's like I get so many people just be like oh I can't wait just to people who come back for their second or third tattoo they're like I can't wait to just lie down and have the the calming experience which is just not what you associate with tattooing (laughs) and I also love Susie how you've kind of broken the rules in the way that you've got to where you are today you know as you said (laughs) you were doing it in your bedroom and stuff and like why do we need to have this kind of strict way of doing everything and and instead you've kind of let life just flow through you and take you on this journey and and moving from career and and jobs into what feels really authentic for you I just think is 
a really inspirational thing and for anyone listening you know to just to just like kind of trust life and that it will take you where it needs to take you I think it's really beautiful Mm, it's funny with the with a lot of industries I think this is you could probably apply this to so many other things that we all feel like we have to have this like permission before we're allowed to do something and I think obviously with tattooing there is you know technical elements where you need to do it safely and he's just you know there are all of that is very valid but there's a huge um around the industry of tattooing which I don't even know that much about because I'm very much like an outsider but from my point of view it's very um gated and it's very dogmatic and it's like you do things this way and and that kind of is starting to break away a little bit now which I think is why we see so many amazing unique artists doing completely different types of stuff whereas Mm. for our parents generation it was like tattooing was something that not very nice people did in their opinion and it was like sailor jerry tattoos and because it hadn't been open enough for new ideas and new different types of people you know not just um white men in the bikers and stuff it's it's now it's like so much more open to all to everybody yeah and you explained a little bit about hand poke um but please may you just tell anyone who doesn't know kind of a little bit more about that and how it differs from gun tattooing so I like to think of it I always try to describe it as like the yin and the yang you know making applying everything to some kind of yoga philosophy basically (laughs) um but if you think of machine tattooing as like the yang like it's fast it's quite aggressive it's quite invasive for your skin I'm not saying that like uh machine tattooing is evil and that hand poke is like the only way because if you want to have a large tattoo um, and certain artists that use machines, you know, are incredible and make beautiful, fine, delicate work. So it's not, this isn't uh, gospel, but generally um, uh, with hand poke, because you're not, you're not using the machine, my hand is holding the needle. I basically just take a tattoo needle and rather than putting it into a machine, I strap it to a single use uh, chopstick, not just one that I get from the Chinese down the road. Um but yeah, attach it to a chopstick and then my hand can do maybe 50 impressions in the skin. So like 50 pokes, basically, dots in the skin to 100 maybe in a minute. Whereas the machine, you're attaching it into the machine and it's doing like a thousand a minute. It's like very, very fast. So what you're doing with hand poke is the same depth. It's the same principle. It's doing the same thing, but just um, less intense. So less fast, less... When I'm when I do a tattoo, like the average size tattoo I do, maybe like smaller than the palm of your hand, um, I'd only use a couple of drops of ink, really, because you're just tiny, tiny little dots. Whereas, yeah, with the machine, you're delivering more ink into the skin. It's delivering more punctures to the skin. So you do end up with something that's generally, most of the time, bolder, thicker, larger, quicker. You know, it's the it's the yang. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I find, yeah, Hampoke is just like the nice, mellow, calm. Generally, they're finer, uh, softer. And I, I prefer doing them smaller because otherwise it literally would be there for days. <laughs> I can't believe you do 50 to 100 pokes in a minute. Like that seems, I'm just imagining you as one of those birds that, um, you know, that tap like the keyboard. <laughs> I mean, I've never actually like properly counted, but this is like what, yeah, the, what the idea is. Yeah. <laughs> And because of the nature of it, that's why it tends to be a lot less 
um, I don't want to say painful because I actually don't find tattoos painful, but less, uh, I guess, painful than than a gun one because a gun one's more like, am I right in saying like it's more like like dragging through your skin while it hammers? I just find that with the machine, it's intense. So there's like a heat and like your body is reacting to be like, what is this thing that's invading my body? Like it's, you know, your nervous system feels the vibration. As you know, like being yoga teachers, vibration, sound, that is so important to our nervous system. So when you've got a buzzing and a heat and a fast and a hot, you know, that kind of energy is very like provoking for your nervous system. Whereas, um, yeah, this is, this is quiet and slow and, yeah, it's in, it's, it is just, you have to experience it to really understand. But I mean, I would say if you had a, a machine tattoo that was like two centimeters, a little tiny weeny star, um, compared to a whole thigh hand poked for eight hours, the hand poke is going to hurt a lot more than that tiny little one minute star. Yeah. So it is all about duration and size. <laughs> that means a lot. Cause everyone always asks me like, is this more painful? It's like, well, it depends what you're having. Of course, because if you're there for a long time, the adrenaline runs off and and you start to feel it. <laughs> if I if I tapped you on the shoulder with my finger for eight hours, you'd be like, could you stop that now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you that's know? a good way of looking at it. Um, Susie, with your creative process, like you've obviously said that there is the influence of yoga and the sim- symbology from yoga that that feeds into it. And obviously... If someone's coming to you and they're knowing exactly what they want and they're asking for something specific, then that's kind of that. But when it comes to you designing things and you helping people come up with things, where do you gain your inspiration from? From the people that are asking me to tattoo them, first and foremost. Um, the most common type of tattoo I do, I actually now have like quite a detailed constant, like an online consultation that I give people. And because I have so many people coming for their first tattoos and often people who are like, I I know I want this thing, but I don't know what I want. Like, I don't know exactly what it is. So I ask people for things like optional to tell me like the meaning, the intention or the, you know, the deeper, the deeper meaning for the tattoo. And then just ask them things about if they want certain symbols or what's meaningful to them. And I get a lot of things um, about, yeah, as people saying like, I feel connected to nature or I feel connected to this and, and the people excuse me the people having the tattoos are the people that give me the ideas because as soon as I've read I can read their thing and they've got they're like I've got no idea what I want but here's all my stuff and as soon as I read it I'm like I know what you want (laughs) I can see it but it's hard I think it's hard like if I do it for myself it's harder to design a tattoo for me than it is for someone else because when you can take a step back and look at someone's ideas, you're like, well, it's crystal clear. But when it's when you're stuck in your own thoughts and you overthink it, you overprocess it. I think we we step in our we get stuck in our own way. So, um, so yeah, the pe- people that ask me for the tattoos, I'm like, well, hundred percent of the inspiration. I don't think I'd come up with a, a quarter of the tattoos that I do if it wasn't for the people telling me all of their amazing ideas. And it's sometimes, sometimes it's harder. Sometimes someone tells me their ideas and it's a bit trickier, but we, I always say this to people that you've just got to trust that the right thing is going to come through. And, and it always does. It always, it, by the day that the tattoo comes around, it's, it's always perfect. And I think there's a nice, someone actually said this to me once who came for a tattoo with me and she came for her first one, like the year, the year before. And, um, she said she'd she'd come back for her second one a year later, basically. And she said, 
when I came for that first tattoo, I was so nervous. And all I was thinking about is all of the different ways that it was going to be wrong. She was like, I kept thinking, no, it's going to be the wrong place. It's the wrong size. It's going to be the wrong look. It's not going to be the right thing. And she's like, as soon as I went home with that tattoo, I realized that there were so many different ways that it could have been right. Like it could have been right on my leg. It could have been right on my forearm. It would have been right on my back. But we get stuck in our own head of like the wrong thing rather than knowing that there's a billion different right tattoos for you. But it's just plucking it out of the air at the right time. (laughs) Yeah. And Susie, do you think that all tattoos have to have meaning like do you think you know when people say oh what does that mean what does that mean do you think there needs to be like this heavy heavy um symbolizing element to like every tattoo or you know can do you think a pretty tattoo like if you want a picture of a I don't know I was trying to think of something like wild then just like a flower in case mine was a bum (laughs) (laughs) um Uh, No, I definitely don't think tattoos need to have deep meaning at all. I also think, so there's there's the meaning side of stuff, which I find really interesting. And then there's just expression. And especially I tattoo like 90% women. And I think we should be free and able to, you know, express ourselves however we want and in with whatever imagery. Um, And I think, yeah, decorating your body. I mean, it's it's like one of the oldest practices of mankind to express our creativity through the way we look. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's huge. Just being able to decorate yourself. And I have tons of tattoos that don't mean a thing. And I still do tattoos where I'm just like, Oh, I kind of like that. I think I'll just tattoo that on myself. But then it becomes mm-hmm. actually the practice of being like, I choose this for me and for nobody else. And I'm not going to, this is another thing that sometimes when people I I try to send designs like a good amount of time before the appointment because I've had bad experiences in my in my life where I've turned up at a tattoo studio without a clue of what they're doing and feeling very unheard and feeling very unlistened to and a bit there's a really there's a little bit of like a dark space in in the tattoo industry I think for like intimidation and pressurizing you into doing things because I imagine if you do this maybe if you do this for 20 years and you lose the love for it or something you just want to churn through people maybe there's that um but I don't want to put anyone into that position so I do give designs to people quite a lot in advance compared to other tattooists to give them time to process and to think about it um and make changes and make it yours you know but the um the downside of that is sometimes people are like, oh, I showed my boyfriend and then he said that, you know, he didn't quite like that thing. I'm like, it's not for him. It's for you. <laughs> yeah. It's important, though. I think it's really nice that you are remembering and recognising that the person who's coming to you is probably nervous. And it is a big, it's a lifelong commitment for them. Whereas... I've had experiences of getting tattooed where you go in and you say like, oh, I'm not that happy with it. And they say, well, like, I'm going to keep your deposit if you don't just have it. And I'm like, okay. And so I've got Mm. a really shit tattoo because of that. So no, I think it's really nice that you recognize that that is a big thing for the person who's come in and they might, they might be terrified if it's their first tattoo. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I read something on your website just while we were talking about the meaning of tattoos. You said, to me, a tattoo is a beautiful way of expressing creativity, an auspicious spark of decisiveness or marking a moment in time, which I think is really lovely. And I think the whole kind of conversation around tattoos being meaningful is a really interesting one because it's like people expect a tattoo to have a meaning. 
I mm. get asked the whole time, like, what does your tattoo mean? And half the time it's kind of personal. I'm like, I don't want to have to explain it to you because you then see people's face like judging a bit. And you're like, as you say, it's for me. It doesn't matter. Why do you care? So often I'll just be like, oh, no, it doesn't mean anything. It's just pretty. Because yeah. because that conversation of then explaining the meaning to someone else brings judgment. And, and then, like you said, it's about remembering that actually it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about it. You did it because you love it. And that's that. Exactly. It's for you. And I do some really deep, deep, meaningful tattoos for people sometimes if they've like lost a loved one or uh, go through a, a, you know, come out the other side of a trauma, traumatic experience. And I do say sometimes like, you know, you don't have to tell anyone what this means. You don't even have to tell me what it means. You know, it's for you completely. Um, yeah, there's a funny, it's a bit like, it's not as bad, but it's a bit like um, the whole like touching a, a pregnant lady's bump you know yeah it's like uh well it's on my body it's my it belongs to me like it's not actually any of your business <laughs> this is a quick unscheduled question Susie how many tattoos do you have I don't know I think about 40 I think but there's lots of little ones dotted around and then some of them have like joined up together and so I it's hard to tell but yeah but I know when I was like I think when I turned 32 I had 32 I think there was something happened like oh. that and I'm now 34, so I've got another two years' worth of tattoos, however many I've done in the last two years. <laughs> I wondered if you had a specific number in mind. I think around 40. That's like my, my rough guess. <laughs> um, Susie, when I saw you the other day and we were chatting about inspiration and stuff, you said that you've recently got into tarot. Oh, yes. Yeah. Can so you I... tell us about how you're enjoying that, how you're using it, how it's influencing your work? Yeah. So I, um, beginning of the first lockdown, um, I got my first tarot deck, which was actually Serena inspired by you because you had that one by the world unknown. Is oh it yeah, they're the ones I told you about. That's yeah. so cool. Love that. As soon as I, I think you posted a picture of it and I was like, I need to have that in my life. I mean, I'm a very visual person, so it's no, it's no surprise that tarot found me eventually. I think I'd always been intrigued and bought my first deck and was up here in Wales, um, in my, my, soul home uh, for the first lockdown and I just found that every time I pulled the cards it was just saying something to, it was just speaking to me and I knew nothing about it honestly like I'm I'm still not uh, anywhere near coherent in like the whole language of tarot but every time I'd pull a card and like see what it meant in the book or something it was just like oh that's really speaking to me or, or what I find now is I've now got the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck which is like the kind of original original or the older one and um I find I'll pull cards and even just the the imagery and the cards are just like, oh, I get this feeling from it. And it kind of gives you just a little bit of a, a taste of something that maybe has been there in your mind, but you haven't processed, you haven't like thought about. And I just find them like lovely little starting points for just like figuring out maybe what's what's simmering under the surface and just getting to know yourself a little bit better. And I've done through the over the years, I've I've you know done a lot of yoga and meditation and had lots of Reiki we did our Reiki achievement together didn't we Sarah and Serena and um I think that I've finally found with tarot that because it's so tangible like I'm a very like earthly person um I'm a Taurus I like pretty things I like objects and it's like okay this is speaking to me so this is going to be my discovery tool for the time being for sure. And then there's all the beautiful archetypes relating it back to the tattooing. Um, those, they are so inspirational, just like that there are all these different threads in all of us. 
um and the visuals out of the tarot like even like the eight pointed stars and there's tiny little symbols and things that I've absolutely borrowed so Serena got Serena bought me my first tarot deck as well and so she's got us all into it. Yeah. That was and just I, a really I, random one from the charity shop by my house. Yeah, but it's because still Sarah, lovely. I kept talking about it and I walked past and was like, well, I have to get it for her. But that's I don't magic. even know who they were by. Think how much power is in that deck if you've got it secondhand. That's amazing. <gasps> and it's the most beautiful tin as well. I really love tins and it feels mm. really special, like opening the tin. It's massive. It's massive. But I completely agree with you, Susie. I think it's um, it kind of reawakens the parts of us that maybe are lying dormant. And it also just feels like, ah, oh, the universe is kind of here for me. It's like got my back and that I'm like supported a bit more than how I th- originally thought. I think there's, there's so much, uh, I think that we can all benefit from just ritual and just even the beauty that, you know, tarot has been used by people and interpreted and reinterpreted and reinterpreted for hundreds of years. So it's like, Think of all that power that's accumulated and all the people who have, you know, sat in front of their cards and pulled things. I just think there's anything that is repeated and made into ritual and has this like belief in this following. It just has power. It just it's that's how that's how these things work. I agree. I agree. Um, Let's talk about your healthy habit because it might be our favourite ever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> please may you tell us all about your healthy habits easy well I, I did almost almost made it um a self-tattoo because that's one of my other like <laughs> really fun habits but then I was like maybe it would be a little bit mean to make you guys tattoo yourselves um <laughs> so my healthy habit is completely um inherited from my um, my mentor and my yoga teacher who I've been practicing with for years and years um Naomi Absalom and she kind of drilled into me through multiple mentorships that I took with her um this idea from the artist's way which is a really beautiful like creative discovery program if you're ever interested to do that kind of thing mm. um and it's taking yourself on an artist's date so the idea is to kind of um indulge your creative soul and solo not with anybody else take yourself out on a it could be like a really beautiful walk or it could be just taking yourself for like a delicious meal by yourself or to a gallery or to do something that you've not done before like do some pottery or just any anything that's gonna um spoil yourself and and indulge yourself in a in a sort of way that will allow you to you know touch get more in touch with your creativity and I feel like this came into my life at a time when I'd really immersed into teaching yoga like I became the yoga teacher in the lycra and all I was doing was like reading the Bhagavad Gita and um, going to everybody's classes and writing my plans and rewriting them and scripting my class and and I think a lot of us that could probably be applied to so many different things that we try so hard to fit into this box of being like, I'm going to be really good at this, that we forget to just like be really good at being ourselves and that taking yourself out and being like, I just am going to be in my own company and let my own, my own soul thrive without needing to try and fit into any of these boxes or do anything. It just, for me, um, it was, it was really the thing that like, when another one of these things that just sparked that like remembering of who I am. 
and I still do it now. And I think actually in a yoga class at some point, she, uh, a couple of years after she first suggested this to me, Naomi like heckled me a little bit in one of the classes and was like telling, like talking about the idea to the class at the beginning. And then was like, if anybody wants to know about this, just go and have a chat with Susie because <laughs> she's, she's really good at uh, taking herself out on a date and <laughs> treat, treating herself. <laughs> I think it's so, so important. And I don't know why I feel a bit teary about the whole idea because it's it's just been such a tough year. And I think as um, practitioners, and I'm, I'm sure everyone can apply this into their lives, but, you know, we have to show up so much for everyone else as a, a tattoo artist, as a healer, as a coach, as a mentor, you know, we have to be there. And it's so rare that we get to, um, and the same as like being a mother, being a parent, being a, a carer, it's so rare to to be our own friend and to to really date ourselves and treat ourselves. And I think it's such, such an important thing to do. And you really, I mean, I've been having really like negative conversations with myself the last few weeks, transitioning back into the real world. And I did this healthy habit and I took myself on a date, a morning date last week. And I just was like, oh, babe, you're doing great. Like, <laughs> come on, this is like, and I really was having this time that I could just speak to myself without distraction of a phone, without emails, you know, just spending time with yourself. I think it's so important. So, so important. We get so stuck into feeling like, if you, you know, if you're going to go, you, you wait for your other half or you wait for your friend to be able to go to the gallery and you're yeah. like, just, just go to the gallery. Like just do, do the yeah. thing that you want to do. And, and you, you, you get such a different experience because I mean, I absolutely, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love spending time with my boyfriend and he's my favorite person on the planet. And I'd rather always love to, to do things with him. But when you're on your own, you just have a different experience, don't you? You're, you're in your own, your own world. When you voice noted me, your healthy habit, you made a distinction, which I think it's important to, to share with the listeners in that if you've been sat at your desk all day and you've not seen the sunlight and then you like go for a quick half an hour stomp around the park, like that doesn't count. That's not your date. <laughs> you said to me, like your date would be going to the park and taking a nice drink and your book and sitting under the trees and like spending some time there we we can't just see the like quick need some fresh air as our nice thing for ourselves and I suppose it brings up a bigger conversation around treating yourself and like I don't love to think of it as treating yourself because I think it implies that like you need to have done something good in order to deserve it and actually we should all just be doing these nice things for ourselves but we've been conditioned to think that it's not necessary and it's not our first priority um but I I loved your healthy habit because I think it's so so important as Sarah said that people are taking time for themselves and I think that we don't do it often enough it becomes like this it feels indulgent it feels selfish it feels like we should be looking out for everyone else and I really don't don't think that's the case so I really yeah. enjoyed it and it's something that I always recommend to my clients I say every week they have to do something to celebrate themselves something to to like pat themselves on the back and be like yeah you're doing good yeah mm. enjoy life enjoy life it's quite scary though isn't it to, to take yourself out for a meal 
or I'm, take yourself somewhere where people think, have they been stood up? Well, the trick is now I've got my dog, obviously, Peanut, uh, who is my like witch's familiar and she goes absolutely <laughs> everywhere with me. And I had a little solo trip to Margate um, a couple of weeks ago. I was there for two nights and um, I think someone messaged me. I was like, oh, it's really nice that you can go on a holiday on your own, like alone. And I was like, I'm not alone. I'm with my dog. Like, <laughs> 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 Honestly, it's like people, I think, I think there's this thing of like, if, if you're alone, then you're lonely, but it's like different people have different types of company. And I love it. Like I had a glass of wine with peanut. I was like, <laughs> we were going out in the we town. The peanut. That was the other thing that you said to me, babe, when you explained it was you said, you said about dressing up for yourself, not just for other people. And Susie said, when she goes on one of these dates with herself, she'll put a bit of lipstick on or she'll put a dress on because we do tend to dress up like I only wear makeup when I'm going out somewhere with people. I don't, I mean, the summer's different because you wear a dress because it's hot, but like, mm. I, I don't dress up for myself. I don't put on nice earrings for myself. And so I think that was a really nice thing that you added as well that people can do so that you're beautifying yourself and adorning yourself for you. And this mm. is tying back to this whole idea of, you know, with tattooing. And during lockdown, this last lockdown that everyone found so difficult all winter, the thing that really saved me, in, and it was going to be like, I think I said to you, Serena, when I saw you last, that it was possibly going to be my healthy habit was um, even when I wasn't even leaving the house, I was like putting on my favorite top and like getting dressed up and playing with clothes like I used to when I was a teenager, because this is something that happened to me when I became a yoga teacher. And probably when I was working in office, something similar happened where I was suddenly in this like adult uniform of like, whether it's leggings or whether it's you know, my heels and my skirt or something. So like I had to kind of be someone else. And I feel like since um, the last the last few years, definitely, I feel more like 12-year-old Susie than I ever have before in my life. And it's great. Like, she she knew what she was doing. <laughs> I <laughs> love so that. That's so nice. That's so sweet. That's so cute. Oh, what a lovely, lovely bit to finish on. <laughs> I love your healthy habits. So good yeah everyone needs to do it take yourself on a date and then message us and tell us what you did yeah we should start a club yeah self-love club oh my goodness yeah like artist date club club, and everyone can post their Mm. post their images it'd be great out with their dogs yeah (laughs) yes i just need to get a dog you can borrow mine mine. you can borrow mine (laughs) both of us were like have it have the dog i'll have indian peanut at the same time Susie, thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you so much. It's been so nice having a chat with you guys. Thanks, babe. Lovely having you on. See you soon. See you for another tattoo soon, I hope. Oh, yeah. I'm planning it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Susie. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us, Susie. We have wanted to have Susie on the pod for so long, so that was such a treat. And if anybody is thinking about getting a tattoo, I really, really recommend going to see her. She creates such a safe and welcoming and friendly space. She's super helpful with the whole creative process and she's lovely to chat to while while you get done. (laughs) While you get done. (laughs) if you would like the recipe for today's episode and you absolutely will because it's a delicious summer recipe 
You can find it on our Instagram page at Kitchen Club Podcast, and we'll leave the details for that in the show notes below. And if you are enjoying our podcast, we would really, really love it if you could leave us a little review or share with your friends, your family, your loved ones, anyone you think will enjoy this and give us a little rating and subscribe. Just do all of the things if you're enjoying. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.